Welcome to the Mirror Steps Podcast, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. The Marriage Steps Podcast is listener-supported, so to help keep it on the air so couples worldwide can receive hope for their marriage, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. Also, be sure to call me on my new number, 720-307-7347, and leave a message with your marriage question, and I'll be sure to respond to it on the next Marriage Steps podcast. The marriage tip of the day is spend quality time apart from your partner. That might be surprising to hear me say that, but there is such a thing as spending too much time together where you get enmeshed as a couple. This can happen for a variety of factors. Perhaps you have a lot of time on your hands. Perhaps you're retired. Perhaps you don't have kids, whatever the reason, but perhaps you're spending too much time together. One good rule of thumb is you want to spend more nights together than apart. So the majority of couples have the opposite problem. They're not spending enough time together. However, other couples don't spend enough time apart because we all need our alone time. Some of us need a lot of it. Some of us need a little bit of it. We need time with friends so we can nurture those other relationships in our life. You just don't want to be excessive with that and you don't want to go overboard, but it's a balance. A friend of mine, her mother actually once said to me, She said, marriage is like a house, and if the walls of the house are too close together, the roof will collapse. But also if the walls of the house are too far apart, the roof will collapse. So consider how much quality time you're having together and apart and make sure it's balanced. The marriage joke of the day is usually at every party, there's two types of people. There's the person who wants to stay and the person who wants to leave. And normally, they're married together. Okay, the marriage message of the day is five steps to using marriage as a refining tool. So this is one of the benefits of a covenant marriage. And this is marriage step number one that I talk about at my seminar. Marriage step number one is all about a covenant versus a contract approach to marriage. The contract says, I'm committed to you as long as I'm happy, as long as my needs are met, and as long as I'm in love with you. And the moment I'm not, divorce is a viable option. That's the majority of marriages. The covenant approach says, I'm in this for the long haul, even if we go through seasons of winter, and I'm looking at this long term. So I know we're gonna go through periods where I'm not gonna feel in love with you and where my needs aren't gonna be met, but that's when we need to dig in deeper and work harder. Now, obviously, the covenant approach is easier said than done because all of us wanna feel happy, all of us wanna have our needs met, and we don't tolerate distress very well. Having said that, if you can commit to this long-term approach to marriage, it has a lot of benefits. One of the benefits is security breeds vulnerability. So the more secure you know your relationship is, the more vulnerable you're gonna become, and that leads to greater emotional and sexual intimacy, and vice versa. If one or the other partner is thrown out divorce as a threat often, usually that's gonna create insecurity, and both partners are gonna retract and pull back because things don't feel safe. The other advantage of a long-term approach to marriage is the, this idea of refinement. This idea that I'm gonna become a better person because by staying with you in this relationship, I'm gonna receive feedback on how I can improve as a partner. 
And if I can leverage that feedback and work on that feedback and improve myself, I'm gonna become a better human and a better partner. In contrast, if I'm jumping from relationship to relationship to relationship when things get tough, I'm never improving. And that's one of the reasons why subsequent marriages have a higher divorce rate. First marriages, the divorce rate's around 50%. Second marriages, it's around 67%. Third marriages, it's around 77%. And one of the major reasons is because those people who jump from marriage to marriage to marriage never work on themselves or very rarely work on themselves. So that's refinement. That's what I mean by this concept that marriage is the ultimate refinement tool because no other relationship do you have someone holding up a mirror into your face saying, this is where you suck. (laughs) This is where you're weak. These are your shortcomings. This is where you're driving me crazy. No other relationship does that. So one way to think about it is a jeweler. So when a jeweler wants to purify gold, One way they can do that is by heating up the gold. And when you heat up gold, the imperfections rise to the surface so that the jeweler can see the imperfections and remove them. And that makes the gold more pure and more valuable. So likewise in marriage. So when you're going through hard times in your relationship, maybe you are right now, you have to be thinking about how are these hard times refining you. So I'm gonna go through five ways to consider, five steps. The first thing to consider is ask for feedback. On a regular basis, you wanna be asking your partner, how can I improve? How can I become better? How can I better meet your needs? How can I fill up your love bucket? If you've listened to my teachings for a while or attended my seminar or read some of the articles on my website, you'll know that I'm a big advocate of this concept of the love bucket where you're trying to consistently fill up your love bucket, your partner's love bucket, and you wanna minimize draining their love bucket. So that's not a one-time deal. That's an ongoing process, so you need to ask for feedback. How am I doing filling up your love bucket? But to broaden that, you wanna ask them, how am I doing as your partner? How can I improve as your partner? What are my main growth areas as your partner? A lot of us are scared to death to ask that question, so we never do. So our partner gets fed up and then they criticize us because we're not asking for that feedback. So if you do nothing different, consider asking your partner on a regular basis how you could improve as a partner and then doing something about it. So that's step number one, get in the habit of asking for feedback. Number two, the feedback you get, consider that at least 50% of it is probably true. When your partner gives you feedback on what you're doing wrong or they criticize you or they make a complaint, there's a good chance that maybe not 100% of it is accurate because of a few things. One thing is perhaps things in your life was influencing your behavior and it wasn't really your fault. That could be going on. Or your partner could be having issues from their background that's influencing how they're experiencing you. And so they're projecting their stuff onto you. So that could also be happening. However, you probably can't say there's no truth in what they're saying to you. You probably can't say there's only 5% truth in what they're saying about you. Most likely, there's at least 50% truth in the critique your partner provides to you. So think of it like that. So you don't need to necessarily own 100% of what they're saying about you, but consider owning at least 50% of it. Consider thinking about probably 50% of what they're telling me right now is true. So that's a good teachable spirit to have. 
So one example of this in my marriage is we went through a season, my wife and I, several years ago, and I asked my wife, what's something I can do to improve? How can I better meet your needs? What's a growth area for me? And one thing she said is, I would love to feel more emotional intimacy by hearing more about your tender emotions. And she told me a lot of times when we share our thoughts, when we do our head heart check, a lot of the times I'm just sharing facts. I'm just sharing what I did. And I'm not really going into the vulnerable, intimate, emotional side of me and sharing that information. And she craves that because that's how she's wired. And that makes her feel close to me. So I had to consider that. Why was I not sharing this vulnerable, more emotional side of me? And I had to think about perhaps there's 50% truth in that. Maybe not 100%. Maybe there's stuff on her side getting projected onto me. Maybe there's other things going on in my life with why that's happening. But perhaps there's some truth that I don't tend to share from that level. I had to consider that. And that goes into step number three. Consider the causes of your growth area. So when you get feedback, what are the possible causes that's making you behave that way? Maybe it's from some trauma in your upbringing you haven't dealt with yet. Maybe it's from circumstances in your life that's stressing you out and is bringing out this difficult behavior you have. Or maybe it's just a blind spot. It's something that you didn't realize you did. But it's always helpful to think about the origins. So when I got this feedback from my wife that I wasn't sharing enough intimate, vulnerable emotions with her, I had to think about the why, the causes. What were the causes? Is it just because of how I'm wired? Was it because of things in my upbringing? Was it things because of our relationship and I didn't want to reveal that much of a vulnerable side of me? I had to think about, you know, what were all the origins and the causes behind this behavior my wife wishes, wished that I could work on and improve. The fourth thing to do is lean in and improve. So once you get feedback on where your partner would love to see you improve, do something about it. Because the last thing they wanna do is share their heart with you on how they would love to see you change and then you don't do anything about it. That can just squash their hope. So when you get that feedback, lean in and work on it and maybe receive some help if you need to, to improve it. So when my wife was sharing with me, she would love to hear more of my vulnerable emotional side, I had to start consciously working on that. So every night when we would do our head heart check, I had to consciously think about what am I feeling? Is it mad, sad, glad, fear, and why? So I had to intentionally think about what I was feeling and put it into emotional words, which is not my natural tendency. And so what about for you? the feedback you've gotten from your partner, how can you do something about it and improve in it? Because that's going to give your partner hope. The fifth thing to do, the fifth step, is ask for feedback again. Asking for feedback from your partner should not happen once and then it's done. It's not a one and done deal. It's an ongoing process, ongoing, where you try to improve the area where they think they would love to see improvement. You work on it and then you ask them for feedback. Have you noticed I've gotten better? I've been trying to work on that area. I've tried to do this or that. Have you noticed any changes? What else in that area do you think I could do to make it better for you? That kind of heart where you're intentionally trying to improve and you're asking for ongoing feedback is very powerful. And it's most powerful when you're both doing it. And so I encourage you and your partner to do this together on a regular basis. Ask each other, how can I improve? What are my shortcomings? Where can I get better as a partner? And then work on it and then ask for more feedback on how well you're doing.
So those are five steps for using marriage as a refining tool. Number one, ask for feedback. Number two, consider 50% of the feedback to be true, at least 50%. Number three, consider the causes of your growth areas. Number four, lean in and improve. And then number five, ask for feedback again to assess for progress. Thank you for listening to the Marriage Steps podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to click the five stars and leave a review. For more marriage resources and to learn more about my top six marriage steps for marital happiness, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And if this podcast has benefited your relationship, I would love to hear from you. So please send me an email at info at drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it and nurture it, it will grow. But if you neglect it, it will die. The choice is up to you. Take care.